Welcome to the short-term show from Blue Ridge, Georgia. We will cover everything you need to know, including buying, holding, managing from a distance, raising rents, renovating, and how to rent it when you are not using your very own vacation home in the North Georgia mountains. For more information on current purchase prices and income data, please visit theshorttermshop.com. Welcome to the Short Term Show special episodes from Blue Ridge. Great to be here. Great to be here. Short-term show from Blue Ridge, North Georgia Mountains. Happy to be here with the greatest uh, of all time, the short-term shop. I'm the director of education, and I have a podcast called Short-Term Rental Management. My name is Luke. I do have uh, Yach. He is a fantastic real estate agent in uh, in the market. And we have a uh, client, uh, Melody, who is uh, a, a rock star in, uh, in short-term rental um, hosting. And we're happy to have you here today. Today, we're going to talk about uh, things that happen regularly. Uh, what to uh, what to do when you get some weird stuff going on in a vacation house, and uh, particularly in the mountains of uh, Georgia. So uh, let's go with uh, with bugs. Uh, let's start with bugs. So uh, my bug system is get the exterminator over there once a month. Some exterminators want to do every three months. Uh, okay, that's fine in a primary home, but when it comes to uh, rental real estate, and especially in a piece of rental real estate that is being, you know, uh, used uh, on a short-term basis, uh, two, three nights at a time, bugs and reviews—they uh, don't really go hand in hand, right? So a bug <laughs> is going to get you a bad review. So um, talk to your talk to your exterminator. Uh, I do have several podcasts on this subject as well. Going to plug my podcast again: short-term rental management. Um, and some exterminators will say, sorry, I only do once every three months. Um, that doesn't mean you wouldn't hire that person, but, um, they will do what's called a retreat, you know? So you just got to call them periodically if you're on a quarterly basis and say, Hey, can you get over there next week on this day and get it retreated? You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, but a lot of times, especially in mountain markets, you'll be able to find an exterminator that will do, uh, once a month, which is ideal. And, you are hopefully looking for somebody who understands the door codes. And of course, in a market like this where everything is a door code, that shouldn't be too difficult. Uh, but I would definitely have that conversation with them while you're interviewing. Hey, are you going to be cool with like me, me sending you like an iCal, um, having your own door code to go in between guests, et cetera, that kind of thing. Uh, Melody, what have you run into uh, with your with your pest control folks? Uh, yeah, I do the same thing, monthly pest control service, um, and it it pretty much covers a lot of stuff. And I haven't really had an issue with guests um, running to bugs. Um, the only thing that I ran into was wasps and hornets, um, and that was because there was a nest nearby at a neighbor's house. So um, the pest control service people were able to identify it and remove it um, as part of the service. Um, and yeah, it's nice because if you ever have an issue and you have the monthly service, they'll come out and it won't be an extra charge. Um, and then, yeah, for me scheduling them, um, I have, uh, I just have them call me the beginning of every month and then I'll tell them to come at like a, a date where I have a turn. So it's pretty, yep. Easy. yeah. Yep. You want to make everything as simple as possible. If they're making you like, you know, call them every 
time that they need to get over there with 48 hours notice or something random and annoying like that. It's just not going to work and you're going to end up hating this. They say, I think that's the most important thing to take away from today's call. It's not about the annoying bug guy. It's about fixing it. So it's no longer annoying. And it's like that with every aspect of landlording. Um, Yak, talk to me about what bugs in general you got in the area. What, what do you have, uh, you know, carpenter bees, do you have scorpions? What are we looking at? All of the above. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we, you know, definitely, you know, number one, look, I, I tell everybody this is, you know, this is North Georgia and this house is made out of wood. Um, so termites, you know, I mean, the, you know, some people don't classify. I mean, it is a bug, but it isn't, you know, the biting kind that that your people are going to be, uh, you know, your clients or your renters are going to know much about. But, you know, every system around here, you need to have, you know, the Centricon system going around your house. Um, you know, that's a, a yearly thing. Usually to set that up, it's about six to $800 a year uh, to maintain those Centricon traps. Once a year, they come back out, they rebate the stations, it's usually about half that much. So if it's 600 to set up, it's usually 300 to retreat. And that goes on annually and, uh, you know, get that termite bond. Then moving on, you know, the next probably, you know, bug that you have to worry about is going to be the carpenter bees, you know, and again, it's not something that's going to necessarily bother your people as much as it, they can be somewhat destructive. And I don't know the science about it. I don't think the scientists know the science about it. And what I mean by that is why somebody's house, right, you know, somebody's house on that's sitting right here, cabin, gets just hammered with carpenter bees and the house next to them doesn't. And some people say it's the type of wood, the type of build, the way it's finished. Um, you know, maybe it's the type of stain, the type of paint. I can tell you I've seen carpenter bees go through all sorts of paint, all sorts of stains. Um, carpenter bee traps tend to work when they're fresh. Um, again, I say this, it's it's not usually a huge deal. You know, it's something you have to worry about in the spring, but, you know, they're boring holes in your deck and, you know, it can kind of become... Uh, an issue in some instances, but, you know, the good thing is the, the exterminators can, can come out there. There is some sort of topical spray uh, that they can treat your house with. Some people say it works great. Some people say they haven't noticed it work at all. But again, carpenter bees, something you have to look out for. You know, your standard wasp, bees, ants, you know, anything else, you know, the that you would see anywhere can be there. Uh, scorpions, you know, they're the little tiny scorpions, like the size of a nickel, you know, smaller than a quarter. Um, you know, smaller than a than a roach, quite frankly. Those I've seen them in probably one percent of the cabins, so I, I don't see them that often. Uh, but I do see them, and uh, I I think the cabins that do tend to have them, they they will do that monthly treatment, and um, it doesn't take any additional service to kind of cover that, and usually knocks those out. But uh, you know, carpenter bees are really kind of. Carpenter bees and termites are really things a homeowner needs to concern themselves with the most. And then obviously annoying ones like wasp and whatever, uh, you know, you have to consider those as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, again, consult with your professional uh, pest control folks. Uh, carpenter bees are a pain in the rear end, but a lot of times you can't really do anything about them. Um, uh, you can stand on the front porch with a beer and a, a rolled up magazine and swat at them. Uh, I've mm -hmm. done that before. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're, they're, they're actually, oh, one more thing on carpenter bees. They're harmless. Um, if a guest messages you and say, oh, my goodness, there's these big bees hanging around the front porch. Bumblebees. They, uh, they do not sting. Again, not legal advice of any kind. It is possible for the male to sting. I've done a bunch of research on this, but it is extremely rare. Um, so, you know, having them, I, I kind of enjoy having them around. They're pretty, but they will 
eat the crap out of your house. All right, let's move on to a dirty house. <clears throat> if you've got a situation where a guest shows up to a house that hasn't been turned. Now, this is not as nearly as common as it used to be. When I first started, that was the thing. You know, you were always kind of worried. Oh, my God, is this guest showing up to a dirty house? Uh, because, you, you know, you get busy and you forget to check with your cleaner and this uh, and that. But uh, today, there's so many uh, scheduling apps and softwares, and your management software should basically kind of keep track of this for you. Um, so it's not nearly as big of a deal, uh, or I, I should say it's not nearly as common as it used to be, but it is certainly still a big deal. And um, if the guest shows up to a dirty house, you you made a mistake. You've got to get that fixed on the front end. So if if you're only going to let that happen once, and then you're going to say, oh, man, uh, how do I implement something to make sure that doesn't happen again? Again, your property management software, there's websites that'll do the scheduling for you, like Resort Clean and Turno. Um, but uh, if it does happen, you're going to need you know, a backup plan. And, and usually what I'll do is I'll reach out to the guests and feel them out because some guests are going to be like absolutely furious, like you ruin their entire life. And some guests might not even really care that much. They might be like, hey, we just showed up. It, it looks like they forgot to clean. We're washing the laundry. You know, we're washing the sheets. Uh, we just wanted to let you know, you know. So my, my piece of advice there, again, on the landlord side of things is to just uh, take that case by case and feel out how angry they are. Um, and I'll be honest, I am just as happy. I'm usually more happy to give them a, a little bit of concession when they're cool. If they're like furious and like want to just, I mean, just absolutely furious. Uh, I'm just like, dude, hey, man, you know, I don't say this, obviously, but we're human. We make mistakes. You know, it's 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 possible. Same thing could happen at a hotel. You show up. I have that happen all the time. I have it happen all the time at hotels. I show up and they say, oh, sorry, your room's not ready. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I just had this happen at Disney with the kids. We got all the way down to Disney and they said, sorry, uh, your room, uh, we gave it to somebody else. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And so they put us in another room that didn't have the bed situation we were looking for, for the kids. And um, and then we had to move the second day to a different room because the room that they gave us in, uh, in you know, exchange for messing up the first time, somebody else had to check into that room. So we couldn't even stay in that room. And um, so, you know, I mean, these things do happen. You got to do your best to to kiss their rear end if, if they do show up to a house that uh, has it is dirty. That's not not good. Um, and again, you're you're only gonna let that happen once, and then you'll start putting a system in place, an operating procedure for when that if that does happen. Um, Melody, have you had that happen before? Luckily, no. Um, yeah, I think early on, um, right when we started, set up a pretty good system with my cleaner, and my cleaner is very reliable. So luckily, haven't had to deal with someone coming into a dirty house. Um, but there has been instances, just a couple where, um, like maybe cleaning, uh, there's like a last minute mishap and my cleaner wasn't able to make it, um, due to an emergency. Um, so I would just get a new cleaner, um, like a backup cleaner. Um, since I've interviewed a lot, I have a lot of them just like just their numbers and how they did in their interviews. Um, so I could trust them. Um, and if I do have a new cleaner coming in, um, just for like that one turn, then I would just let the guests know as well, um, apologize for any delays, and then let them know that we had a new cleaner come in and to let us know if there's anything that was missed. So then we could be kind of on top of the quality of the clean. Um, yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You know, again, um, handle it the best way you can if and when that does happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
you will likely, that system will kind of evolve over time, and a lot of that will also have to do with how your cleaner wants to handle that as well. Hopefully your cleaner is cool and wants to get over there and fix it. Go ahead, Yach. Be humble. You know, I think that's the first thing. I think everybody, especially when you get started out, you want to fly off the handlebars over, you know, fly over the handlebars over every little complaint you get. You know, be calm, be humble. And if somebody says, hey, it's, you know, there's beer cans all over the place, thank them, apologize, thank them, ask them if they don't mind, take pictures and send them to you because that way it kind of covers you and your cleaners, right? Because you never know who's fishing out there for, you know, the old, the 10% off or whatever. Um, so kind of ask for proof because not only are those clients kind of calling you out, they're also calling your cleaner out. Um, so, but again, approach it with a little bit of humility. I, th I think that's always the best, you know, firm, but, but, but be humble. No, I agree. Oh my goodness. I can't believe this happened. How, how could this happen? How can I, f and again, if you knew, if it was, if you knew it was going to happen, it wouldn't happen. So, right. you know, we're not telling you to lie here. Um, uh, let's move on to some weather in general. Uh, Yak, what does the weather, as, as far as severity, look like? And, and what times of year do I need to worry about what? Our hurricane season's real, real small, uh, basically non-existent. Um, we don't have earthquakes, so it really is snow is the only thing you have to worry about here. Um, that, that really is it, you know, no sort of weird landslides or anything like that. Um, you know, snow is it. And in the past few years, you know, we, we end up getting, you know, two to three flurries a year and maybe one or two of those will have some, some staying power, to be honest with you. Um, you know, could you be in a neighborhood, uh, Melody, her properties in Cherry Log, and there's a lot of small shaded roads, and if the ice, you know, if some of the paved areas do get iced over, that ice could be there for, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Um, but typically speaking, I would say there may be one, maybe two days a year where it gets a little dicey. And then you just kind of have to work it out, right? Each each situation is different. You kind of have to, you know, you do have to be unlucky for that one day to kind of be a turn, you know, to be honest with you in this market. But it can happen. It, it certainly can happen. I, I can think last year there may have been one day where it was kind of dicey, maybe two, uh, but that's really it. And, and, and snow is the only weather that you got to really concern yourself about here. Yeah, if I see snow coming or like it's inevitable or, you know, it also depends on the property. If you're up a mountain and you got snow, hey, hey, nobody's getting there, you know. So, it, right. and then we got to talk about whether the guest, you know, is messaging you saying, hey, I noticed it's going to snow. Can I get a refund? So again, this is an operating procedure. You got to put that in place. When you're new, you know, you just got to kind of roll with it and see where it's going to take you in the future. Uh, where where I'm at now, after many years of doing this, is uh, if if the house, uh, most of my mountain properties are, you know, somewhat steep areas, uh, and some of them are really steep. Um, but if if I see it's going to snow, I'll reach out to them and I'll say, hey, it is going to snow and there's a really good chance you're not going to get to this property. Uh, so we'll go ahead and offer you a full refund because if they do show up, uh, you know, pretty good chance they won't be able to get there. Uh, but, you know, that's that's a super steep roads, which are not all that common around here. So, um, Melody, have you had, have you had any snow? What I mean, for snow's rare in general. We do want to hit that that point home. It's not like yeah. going to happen really. And if it does, that's when you know people freak out in the south if it snows. So, Melody, have you had any snow issues? Uh, yeah, similar to what Yak said um, last year, it wasn't really that big of an issue. Maybe like two times, 
um, that we had to deal with snow. Um, but yeah, for me, what was most helpful when dealing with that stuff is that um, I joined local Facebook groups. So like um, our community has like a Facebook group, for example, and they're very communicative on that to tell you which roads you can take, which ones aren't iced over, um, which ones are blocked off. Um, and then also following the local weather app is helpful. Um, for me, I got WSB TV weather. Um, but yeah, I also communicate with my neighbors a lot. So they also let me know kind of the status of the roads and I'll communicate that to the guests. Um, and yeah, just in case um, I do have like instructions in the winter that I I put in at the beginning of every winter for my messages um, regarding like driving precautions, what to watch out, watch out for, um, how to use certain areas of the house um, for winter, um, and then also leaving faucets on a slow drip um, to help make sure that the pipes don't burst. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm a, I'm from up North and, uh, I met a girl from the South and we moved to Tennessee and this was years ago. I don't live there anymore, but she said, uh, it's going to be cold tonight. We need to drip the sink. And I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? I thought it was some sort of, you know, voodoo. I don't know what, like she was making it up and like a seance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's summon, let's get out the Ouija board here. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> But it turns out it's true. And what it is, is it relieves the pressure in the pipes and basically makes it so that it's uh, not impossible, but much more difficult for ice to form if it gets down below 32 degrees. And that is a real thing. I will ask my guests if it happens to be. And again, it needs to be under 32 like during the day, which is going to be very, very rare. You know, maybe at night you're going to get down that low, you know, occasionally. But by by lunchtime, it's back up to 40, 50 or whatever, you know, in most cases. So. Dripping the sink, that is a real thing. Um, but again, um, as far as discounts and refunds, et cetera, um, at least with the weather, I'll, I'll go ahead and get upstream of that and offer it to them before they get there if it's really bad. Otherwise, uh-uh, no way. I mean, unless there's an actual evacuation of some sort or the weather forecast, weather service says, hey, you, you know, you, we can't, we're going to shut this area down because there's more snow than we can handle, um, then uh, it, you got to be careful with folks that are looking for an excuse because they got in a fight and they decided not to come or um, they ran out of money and they can't afford it or who knows. And they're, they're trying to make up some excuse as to get the money back. So it is, it is a fine line, at least for me uh, between my cancellation policy and, you know, um, giving folks the benefit of the doubt. Um, most of the time, me personally, I'm happy to just refund people, cancel, you know, let them cancel on their end and, and give them a full refund for, for honestly, almost any kind of, of, of issue. Um, now again, that's going to come down to your landlording, uh, uh, strategy. Everybody's going to handle that stuff different as far as, um, giving refunds, uh, discounts, et cetera, not, um, discount. Now that I've used that word, I do not use that word. I don't like that word in my listings whatsoever. I do not want to give the impression that there is some discount to be had at my place. My price is my price. And if you're looking for discount vacations, you're in the wrong place. Uh, Yak, did you have something there? Let me, let me ask you a question. Let's just say you got to check out on Sunday. All right. And that Saturday, late Saturday night, storm rolls in six inches, eight inches of snow on the ground. Your folks come to you and say, Hey, can we have another, can we have another night to let this thing melt off? How do you approach that? They want oh, a free night. Me, hundred percent. I will. If it's not booked, I have no problem doing that whatsoever, and uh, I'm pretty much guaranteed a good review there, uh, a, a happier guest, a safer guest, 
Um, safety is always number one, period, for me. And uh, I wasn't going to make any money that night anyway, you know? Uh, so uh, I got no problem with that. Melody? Yeah, I would do the same thing. If it's unpassable, even if someone is coming in the next day, um, I would have them stay another night because it's dangerous for them to leave and it's dangerous for someone to come. And it's also probably dangerous for the cleaner to come. So I wouldn't want someone to show up to a dirty house either. Um, I just, I would prioritize safety for sure. Absolutely. Safety first, safety first. Um, Mountains and snow, you know, they don't generally mix. Of course, the roads around here are not all that uh, uh, bad in most cases anyway, but uh, um, uh, batteries on the lock. All right. Now here's, here's the, uh, the old foolproof trap on that one. You, you just have a lockbox on the front of the house somewhere with some, the key to the lock. And if your batteries die, you got a backup plan. Um, I go further than that. We do check our locks once a week, every Monday to make sure the battery level is, uh, is okay. Matter of fact, if we are, uh, and again, I show, I'm getting ahead of myself. I would assume, I'm just assuming everybody already knows that these fancy deadbolts that are out there today are battery operated. They'll connect right to your phone. They'll connect right to your management software. They'll change codes for you and they will tell you what the battery level is. Um, so we will check ours every Monday. Anything under 60%, I'm actually going to write this down. I'm on a, a, a battery level. I'm going to bring that back up to myself later. Um, taking notes on the show. Thank you for your time. Um, anything under 60% gets a new battery. Just shoot the cleaner a text. Say, hey, uh, it's time for new batteries on this one. Uh, for a couple of reasons. I just don't like being any lower than that, for one. And number two, once it gets to like 50 percent it shoots down a lot quicker than when it's between 150 when it's between 160 and 150 percent somewhere in those not 150 percent but 100 percent and 50 percent goes pretty slow once you hit 50 and then a little lower man it can go like that so um 60 percent is my number there and then of course you got a, a lock box just a good old master lock uh, combination pad lock box somewhere on the house one pointer on that uh, we're just talking old school vacation rental stuff now, but one point on the on the lockbox that I want to point out, well, two things actually. Number one, don't put the lockbox with the key in it anywhere near the front door because people are not that bright a lot of times and they'll go up and try and put their door code into that lockbox and then they'll send you a message at 11 o'clock at night and say, hey, we can't get in the house. So I like to put the, the key lockbox, you know, Generally, what I like to do is put it directly behind the front door. If there's like four by fours or six by six holding up a porch or something like that, put them back here so that they can't see it as they're approaching, but it's also easy to find. Uh, Another trick. Here's another cool trick. Um, I put another lockbox in the house with batteries in it so that if, um, if the guest opens the lock to get the key, goes in, then I can say, hey, there's a lockbox in the house with four triple double A's, and then they can if needed, uh, re re juice up the, the, the lock. Uh, because here's why, if you leave batteries just laying around in the house, they're gone. Uh, they're going to get used in, in, um, uh, remotes or whatever it is. Uh, I don't think, you know, I, people aren't, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, nothing malicious here, but batteries do walk away. Flashlights walk away, that kind of thing. So, um, any other, what did I miss Melody? Any other, uh, tricks on the uh, front door lock? No, I do the same thing, except I didn't, I didn't do the one inside the house for the batteries. That's smart. Um, yeah, I have a spare lock box or a spare key lock box under my deck. Um, so if it ever actually turns off on them, then they can get that, uh, key and use that code. Um, and yeah, our, 
I have the Schlage, Schlage lock. So that one, the app um, gives me a notification if it's low battery. Um, and also the cleaner will also see that it's low battery because the lock blinks, um, blinks red. Anything else, Yacht? We're good. I would just add to the battery storage, be kind of OCD about it. I know I am on my battery storage. I don't like to keep them in a, you know, a cold part of the house because um, that'll drain it. And I just like to make sure my new batteries are new. Everybody's got different battery drawers. And I go over to somebody else's cabin and there's eight different brands in this box. And how do you know which four of these are new to put in, you know, which which one of these double A's are the new ones? Um, be be careful how you store those batteries because some of them you put in, you're like, all right, we put in new batteries, but two of them were at 30% because they got pulled out of a TV remote. Um, be a little OCD about how you store and manage your batteries. I know that seems trivial, but um, I, I've seen it too many times where people are putting bad batteries and, you know, swapping out batteries. So have some hidden on site that your cleaners can get to. And I, I tell people, keep them in a place where it keeps stays kind of warm not necessarily, um, you know, in a storage shed outside or, or, or something like that. I do uh, Amazon subscription for batteries and my cleaners mm. get a uh, big box of batteries once, uh, once a month. And just in case, cause I do not want to show up at one of my houses and say, you know, the kids need, I got little kids, so they always need batteries. If my kids can't find a battery, then the door, the deadbolt sure as hell can't find a battery, you know? So, um, I, I put on an Amazon, uh, subscription. Um, let's talk about swimming pool maintenance, uh, completely shift gears here. Not many pools in the area. Yak, you want to give me a speech on that? Do we even need a speech? I don't think we need to need to go too far into this. I mean, I've sold a couple pool cabins, um, but I wouldn't even call them cabins, you know, big eight bedroom houses that had them. Um, but for the most part, you know, in our culture, if you want to call it that, we're not like the Smokies where there's a ton of these little indoor cab or indoor pool things. We, we really don't have those. So I don't think this has to be, we don't need to expound upon it too much. Okay. Um, firewood. Do we, do we, uh, do we have many wood burning fireplaces? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, uh, Melody, do you have a wood burning fireplace? Yes, I do. And okay. I have it too. Mm -hmm. You do say that again. I have a fire pit too. Okay. So what do you do about firewood? Are the guests bringing it themselves or do you have it delivered? Yeah. It's a BYO fi uh, firewood policy. So bring your own firewood. Um, and I make that apparent in the welcome message. Um, but I, my neighbor does sell firewood. Um, so I give them his contact number and then he will deliver it as well. And it's a pretty good price um, compared to buying it in store. So yeah. Have you looked into your neighbors at all, like enemy methoding, and uh, are they doing the same thing you are, or do they offer firewood, or are you, are you not sure? I don't remember. Yeah, uh, but if your system's working for you, so no reason yeah. to fix it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Personally, I am uh, I am anti fire. I am fire free at all my properties. I just don't like drunk people making fires in my properties or outside of my properties. So that's my policy. Uh, Melody's policy works for her. Um, and, uh, uh, there, you know, it runs the gamut. So, um, any other thoughts there on, uh, wood burning? I don't, you know, here, you know, usually going to have a gas fireplace inside and, you know, outside you, you have a kind of a 50, 50 shot on whether it's, you know, if there's an outdoor fireplace, whether it's going to be gas or wood. Uh, but I don't really, I, I think, you know, your, your firewood policy, your personal policies, I mean, it's, 
you know, it's just like your, you know, politics or what truck you like to drive or mm-hmm. do you let pets at your house? Um, everybody's free to kind of distinguish the way they want to run it. I know there's a lot of people that are like, by God, we're going to a cabin. I want to have that smell of a burning fireplace in the house. Uh, that's going to, you know, that's what I live for. And then some people are just like, hey, I'm good with the, some Christmas tree lights where the fireplace would be. Cut it on. Looks good. I'm fine. Heaters on. I'm not worried about it you know, keeping the house warm. So it's different strokes for different folks. And, you know, whatever makes you happy, whatever you feel comfortable with, go for it. Yeah, you nailed it. It's the it's the what truck you drive thing, you know. So in other words, uh, if you're selling folks a Ford for three nights, then don't make it look like a Chevy. This is all it is. You just got to decide what kind of thing you're selling here. Paint that picture, set the expectation and You'll be fine. I am absolutely anti-fire. I actually have in my house rules $250 if we find that you started any kind of flame anywhere near my property, including a candle. Because I have I ever charged that? No, and I'd like to never have to do that. But but uh, I just want to make it sh- perfectly clear that fires are not cool anywhere near my houses. And Melody's having great success with good old-fashioned wood burning. So um, end of the day, as long as your system is working, it's not broken. Don't fix it, right? That kind of thing. What else? What do we need to touch on here? So, well, let me ask you about, uh, Melody, what's your kid system? Do you have any kind of, uh, you know, kid stuff in the house at all? I do not. Okay. Well, that was that was easy. <laughs> uh, I do have pack and plays, and I do have uh, high chairs if the property is big enough. Uh, or, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm actually even kind of considering putting a high chair in my littler properties. And here's why. Um, I was always kind of anti. I didn't want to deal with cleaning it and making sure it was safe and then worrying about a kid hurting himself or anything like that. But I've had uh, back back years ago, back in my Tennessee days again, we, uh, our, we had a second home in the beach and uh, we had babies and we used to go down to that beach house on the weekends all the time. And we got a, a high chair and I left it there and forgot about it. And, you know, uh, the season went on. This was years and years ago. The season went on. We went back down for the weekend and there was that damn high chair in the corner. And I was like, I forgot that thing was here and I have not heard about it. And I'm here to tell you that was, I don't know, four or five years ago. And that same high chair is still sitting in the corner and it still looks brand new. So I have now decided that that high chair is good because it's got four years worth of proven track history, track record. And I'm looking into maybe expanding that into a couple more houses because I, again, I've got little kids and man, when you show up and there's somewhere to put that kid to give him some food, it is nice, but you got to be careful with that stuff. Obviously talk to your lawyer. And then one more thing I'll talk to say about that is uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, markets will have a rental place and where you can call, you know, you can give, give your guests a phone number or a website and say, you know, call these folks, they'll bring, uh, baby items that whatever you need and you rent them. And then when you leave, they'll come and get them. Um, so if you've got like, say a whole family where the kids come in, in a bigger home or something like that, Yak, I'm sure you've got a recommendation for somebody if they needed a, a baby rental place uh, or of sorts. Sure. Sure. Okay. We've got a couple of those type suppliers around here. You know, if, you know, what any odds and ends, you know, anything from baby chairs to if people need a, you know, if you want somebody to have a charcuterie board when they show up, um, you know, we, we, we can cover you. I got to tell you, I would be in on that. If you had that charcuterie, how do you say that? I don't know, but whatever it is, the board with the meat and cheese in your guidebook. And I was coming to your house. I'd call that place. I'd be like, Hey, set me up with the best board you got. 
I want it on football Saturday. And, uh, and, and that's, that's cool. You know? So, um, what did we miss? Uh, I think that the, the point here is if racist and blue Ridge, uh, melody. Um, no, I think that was a lot that covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. I got one. I got one. What about tree trimming? Does that ever come up? Do I ever have a tree that needs to be taken down or have you ever had to take a tree down for any reason? Yes, I have. Um, why? Uh, it was leaning towards the house. Um, so we do get um, strong winds sometimes here. So um, trees can fall. So you don't want it to hit your house. Um, and also branches that are too low. Um, I've had those trimmed as well. Um, yeah, it's just good for peace of mind and safety as well. 100%. Yes. Peace of mind and safety. Make sure you get, if you got a tree that looks sketchy, get it inspected. The, the wood tree guy will come out and I'm sure yach has got a tree guy or two. He can, uh, he can give you a reference and, uh, and they come out and inspect it and they'll say, yeah, this thing needs to go or no, it's uh, healthy and it'll be just fine. But, uh, when it comes to mountains and in this area of the country, a lot of trees, a whole lot of trees. So keep that in mind. And then speaking of, I thought of another thing. So where there's a lot of trees, there's a lot of power outages. Yak, how often are we having power outages? Is there a website I can go to to check on the power outage, et cetera? Well, depends who your carrier is. I mean, some of them do have, you know, a coverage map. Some of them do not. Um, it also, power outages can, can vary. I, I can tell you, there are days where you're sitting around and you're like, man, why don't, why is there no power? And the wind happened to blow over 20 miles an hour for two seconds somewhere and a rotted tree fell down. And then you've got snow on the ground and you still have power. Um, I, I can say that the power outages here, we've got a variety of, of suppliers can be kind of random to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, whole house generator, is it something you have to consider? I would say, yeah, consider it. Consider it. Is it mandatory? No. Um, Melody, I don't know. Have you had any power outages there? I, I would guess a day or two. Yeah, I, I have had some for sure. Um, they they definitely range in the duration, um, but usually it's not more than like a few hours um, or even less than that. Yeah, it just depends. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was considering the generator as well, but I opted not to because I I was there living in the house during power, power outages. And I was like, it's it's doable for a short period of time. And I just make sure that the guests have what they need in that time. Um, so like make sure they have warmth, uh, flashlights and like some games, some like board games to keep them entertained. Um, and there is a wood burning fireplace in mind. So um, yeah, I have actually had one guest actually enjoy their experience during the blackout. Um, so yeah, it was interesting to see. That's where you got me. You got me there. Cause, uh, if the power goes out, mm, my house is kind of screwed, you know? So cause <laughs> we, I don't have a wood burning fireplace. So that, that, uh, that's something to consider. Um, and then again, you mentioned flashlights and, and yeah. So what I'll do is again, I'll subscribe on Amazon for some flashlights and make sure the cleaners are getting, or even if a lot of times, Depending on the house, you can ship it straight to the house or, you know, depends on your situation. But, um, you know, I'll ship like 10, 10 flashlights every three months, give or take, or every, or maybe twice a year just to make sure. Because they do, they do get up and walk off. Um, and it's nice to have those if the power does go out. You know, if you've ever been through that at you know, 9 o'clock at night with the little kids trying to get them in the bath and there's no light and it's a pain in the rear, flashlight comes in very handy. 
Um, so anyway, all this stuff is way more fun than the uh, day-to-day nine-to-five that we deal with uh, in our day jobs, right? So um, if you uh, if you want to get into the rental real estate business, we would be more than happy to help you. We are the best in the business, and we are so grateful for you uh, for coming to hang with us and and uh, and talk about uh, uh, rental real estate and vacation rentals. And Melody, uh, thank you so much for for coming and sharing your story. And uh, unless somebody has something that we forgot, all right, cool. We will let you go, and we will be back in the next episode to talk about pricing here on the Short Term Show. Thank you.